Electric Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated entirely to sports and only sports. Today, 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 we talk NASCAR. Now, here are your hosts, Ty, Amos, and Chris. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Nice to have you on the show today. We are back with another NASCAR show. Feeling, uh, feeling good about Richmond. One of us might have a few problems to air out there as soon as we get talking, but we'll get into that. Uh, we'll talk about the Hall of Fame nominees and give our thoughts on kind of who we would vote for if we could, if that's how it works. I don't necessarily know. And uh, we'll look forward to next week's race, which should be another fun one. I imagine, right? It'll be at Martinsville. Uh, lots of fun stuff going down there last year. And then we get into quite the run of races after that. So uh, on the show, as always, Chris, you're with us. How are you doing? Very good. Thank you. Good. Uh, excited to talk about the Hall of Fame stuff later, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, lots yeah. of um, lots of older names in there, though. Right in your wheelhouse, huh? Absolutely. Yeah, all right. That's what he's here for, the historian. Guys that I remember. Yeah. Can't remember what happened last Sunday, but I can remember what happened. <laughs> uh, all right, so we'll get into that later. And the man that's a little annoyed with how the race went, Amos, is with us. How are you, Amos? Well, who wouldn't be annoyed? <laughs> I mean, I'm good, but, you know, whatever. It is what it is. The guy's going to get his wins. It's just, you know, mm. he's a hack. He only led five Ooh. laps. He's a hack. Well, we'll talk about that uh, <laughs> a little later. It's kind of funny, but um, I guess it kind of applies in the situation. Amos will give you the rundown on why. So, All right, um, let's talk about this race. It was largely dominated by a few guys, and then the hack won it at the end. Is that fair to say? All right, we're done. Let's go. Yeah, um, sure. <laughs> yeah, we're done. Okay, <laughs> on good to recap. the next. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was um, largely dominated by Ryan Blaney in the first stage, correct, Chris? Absolutely. He qualified on the pole led pretty much the entire first uh, segment mm-hmm. and finished first in the first segment. Yeah. And then, as is per usual for Ryan Blaney, <laughs> it went south from there. All right, so we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but were you surprised at how dominant he was, Chris? I mean, he looked untouchable there in, in the first. I mean, he practically was. No one was close to him. Well, it's like I said last week, you know, and, uh, he's so close to winning. Uh, he's just got to figure out how to close the deal, you know. Yes. And and he drove, I think, a very admirable race even after he was out of first place. He still, you know, was very competitive. So A very uh, quick stage one. No, well, only one accident that really wasn't an accident. It was uh, the 45. You know, losing fuel pressure. I think he had some electrical issues and stuff too, so that was unfortunate for Kurt Busch. Uh, but it was a pretty quick stage one, and they got uh, in and out of there, and like we said, Blaney won. Uh, Amos surprised that, I mean, we'll get into a few more cautions later on in the race, but surprised that stage one was so clean. No, not, and particularly at Richmond. I mean, it's usually a pretty clean race, and if there is any incident, it's usually a single car. I don't think they really abuse tires too much at this track, so, but that's kind of been how the season's run thus far. Like, the first stage seems pretty clean. We get maybe some green flag stops. There's been a few competition cautions in there, so uh, some minor incidents, nothing too big in the first stage, so I'm not surprised, and and usually everybody's, even though we are practicing qualifying, I feel like everybody's still kind of trying to figure out what their car is going to do at the particular track they're th- racing this w- that weekend, so I don't know. I think they're kind of minding their P's and Q's until they can get a few adjustments. Yeah, Definitely. Uh, were you surprised that Blaney was so dominant? I mean, I think we talked about him a little bit last uh, last week on the show, how he would be close, and then none of us proceeded to pick him to do anything as far as pole and or you know win the race, and he landed on the pole and did pretty well. Was it surprising to see him out there so much in, at the start of the race for you? No, and that's kind of, <clears throat> Chris alluded to it earlier, that's kind of how Ryan Blaney and, and really... Penske at as a whole, I feel like, for the last maybe for sure this year and for a good chunk of last year, they just they'd qualify well or they would finish they would finish well enough that they could be higher in the qualifying order for last year. And then they just they start strong, they have a couple of good cars throughout the race, and then 
they kind of fall off at the end. They, they're not able to close out a race. So I wasn't surprised that's what happened to Blaney. I was kind of hoping that they would, this would be a track where he could figure that out, maybe have a dominant race throughout all the stages and, and be a winner. But I'm sure it's something that Penske's aware of and, well, it's got to be something they're aware of. I'm sure they're working on it to figure out what's going on, but it'd, it'd be nice to see them be able to close out a race. I know it, I'm sure it's frustrating for them as it is for the fans and everybody else involved. Yeah. Well, there's got to be some Blaney fans out there that are just like, come on, man. What's going on here? Like, we see all these guys getting wins and you're constantly looking good. But I mean, not to get too off topic, but um, he's number one in NASCAR's power rankings this week. Yeah. No wins, though. Well, but sometimes you can do that. I mean, look at where Denny Hamlin was at, like, most of the season last year yeah. with no wins. Is so, Are we seeing it? You know, the problem mm-hmm. I have with Ryan Blaney, I want to root for the kid so bad. Yeah. Because I'm looking to replace my driver, you know. And oh, wanna, you are, huh? Yeah. And I want to root for this kid, but damn. Uh, I would have started looking a long time to replace well, him. <laughs> anyway. Kyle Bush, for any of you that didn't know out there. Um, anyway. Yeah, I mean... I'd like to root for him too, but he just has these issues. And, and like Chris already alluded to, but um, we can reiterate, we pit after the stage break and he falls out of position here. And you're just like, what's going on? Like after these restarts, it's just like they have issues. And so is it in the pits? It's like they make over adjustments or something. Yeah. I mean, he kept the lead after the stop and then he had all these problems that he was talking about. And it's just like, what they do to your car? You're just out in front killing everybody. Um, and then, what, like 20 laps in, he, he was having brake problems. And he was maybe having brake problems. He was having handling problems. I mean, yeah. the list just went on and on and, and he, on. and he fell down the order and... It was junk. <laughs> well, it was <laughs> junk, junk, junk. Uh, he was hovering around, what, 7th, 10th, in between there the rest of yeah. the day. I mean, it was just... Well, he, it was kind of unfortunate. You know, he ended up seventh. So mm-hmm. I guess given the way the car deteriorated, he actually did pretty good bringing it back. But this is a Penske issue, right? Yeah. They have these strong cars and then they fade. And it's just like, what's going on? Uh, all right. So stage two stays mostly clean as well. I think only maybe a few issues. Actually, maybe not any issues, honestly. <laughs> um, and then we get into... Uh, and, and Martin Truex Jr. wins that stage, and then we get into the last stage. Uh, at this point, Chris, was there one car that you're like, oh, he's the favorite, he's he's the guy I'm picking to win here? Or was it kind of like, I have no idea, someone's going to win? Well, there were comers and goers in that whole second stage, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I really couldn't have put my finger on any one car, you know, that would have, I, I can tell you who I wasn't thinking was going to win it. Who won it? <laughs> yeah, it was who won it. <laughs> yeah. But I thought Martin Truex was very sporty. I thought William Byron was very sporty. Uh, Kevin Harvick came on there. To, well, he actually didn't come on till the end of the race, but that was kind of pit strategy type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Christopher Bell could possibly pull it out. I, I don't know. I mean, I just – I think uh, Kyle Busch had a good chance – his car went away from him, too, though, didn't well, it? Well, they pulled him in for a... Oh, no, he got penalized, right? Yeah, he got yeah, penalized because there penalized. was a piece of tape. Apparently, so now you can't use tape on these cars. Right. Apparently. And some crew member stuck a piece of tape on the front of his car. and So NASCAR was reviewing, okay, where did he pick the tape up? Is this debris hmm. from the track? You know, yada, yada, yada. They Just finally determined sneakily. he got stuck on there during a pit stop, and then they pulled him in to make him take the tape off. Hmm. And put him back out. And I'm but sure. Where are they? Why are they oh, putting tape? So aren't, oh, aren't, the, <laughs> aren't the front of the cars closed up to where well, they can't? Kind of what holds Toyotas together. Like, maybe. Well, they <laughs> Toyota had a good day minus Cobb. Well, Cobb was. No, he even okay did have a good day. Yeah, they had a good um, day. But yeah, I mean, where was he putting? Like what? Well, these cars. So the co- they're configured differently than the other cars. Right. The fronts are not as closed up as the old cars were. And they have the air intake, you know, at the top of that grill thing, that opening, and then the radiator, and that's down below. And and you stick tape in a strategic area, it's going to give you a little more downforce, which is going to get, you know, you're going to be able to and get into the, the corners what's harder. What's the point of this mechanical downforce that we keep hearing? 
Well, you know. Like, I still think there's a lot to do with aerodynamics and how the car moves through the I, I think these the cars wind. are a lot more aerodynamic than anybody's willing to stand yeah. up and say. Like, yes. Or as they were advertised, for sure. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. that's just me. All right. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk about Toyota more in a minute because this was maybe like their breakthrough race. I mean, honestly, it was. Well. <laughs> other than Vegas, this was definitely their best race for JGR, yeah, for sure. And if I'd have been thinking about Toyota and Richmond. You know, before we I mean, made our picks last week. It was week. the Toyota Owners 400. We yeah. should have just known it was going to yeah, be well, Toyota. But, man. I mean, Joe Gibbs Racing has had a very stellar performance at Richmond. I mean, that's been their track for a number of years. Yeah, yeah. Truex and, and Bush have been good there. And, obviously, so. it's Hamlin's track, baby. It's his home <laughs> track. Um, <laughs> I didn't hear a lot of cheers. Hey, well, you know, me neither. Uh, all right. So, like Chris said, there was lots of different guys that were challenging in stage two. We get into stage three, a few more accidents, a few more incidents, uh, and we kind of end up seeing maybe a little less. I don't know. I was just listening to it on the on the radio, so maybe Chris can correct me. Um, but I thought stage three wasn't as exciting, or is it just me? No, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just you. Yeah. It was at that point in time where I was having kind of a hard time staying awake, and then we had to leave about halfway through the third stage, so I had no idea who won. Yeah, because I texted I mean, you, I and you're like... I up where we were at, and I couldn't... You're like, well, that sucked. Um, yeah, and then I saw who won. Uh, it was I'm largely... Glad I missed that. <laughs> it was largely kind of decided on pit road, and pit strategies worked out in um, Harvick's favor and Hamlin's favor, Right, uh, Byron was leading late in the race. His crew chief told him, "Look, your good tires are going to go, and you're just going to have to hold on." And, and I think we can make it. Uh, it was optimistic, and I think that they definitely went for it. Obviously, we know now it didn't pay off. Uh, but you got to respect the the willingness to try and go for it. I mean, Byron is trying to chase what his second win of the year, right? So yeah. it would have put him in a really advantageous position, uh, but. Hamlin catches him, Harvick catches him, Hamlin stays in the lead, and uh, at that point, it was, okay, can Kevin Harvick, if if you're not a Hamlin fan, um, which maybe is most of us, <laughs> can Harvick catch him? And, you know, 30 laps, and he wasn't able to do it. Uh, sorry, 20 laps, and he wasn't able to do it. So, you know, he was on newer tires, and... Yeah, like just he, didn't get the job done. As as the week has gone on, listening to NASCAR radio, and everybody's saying, "Well, if, if Harvey could have had five more laps, five more." Well, that's not how it works. Just though, five right? more, you know. Well, yeah. if Hamlin had had five more laps, he may have widened the lead more. Yeah. You know, well, he did towards the end of the race. Too, yeah. And so. the thing was, Hamlin was Hamlin was on a completely different pit strategy than everybody else. Mm-hmm. So he had fresher tires. Thirty. He had thirty laps newer tires. Yeah. When he passed, and he actually came out. I think on his last pit stop, he was like in last place on the lead lap, and basically raced his way to the front. So he did an admirable job. Yeah, I mean, and you got to give him credit for how well he did. Um, Amos definitely has the salty opinion at the table uh, that we'll get into in a minute. But yeah, it's it's Hamlin's first win of the season. He doesn't have to sweat it out. Most likely this. Uh, this season as we go towards the playoffs he's still got to sweat it out <laughs> come on um, ty you're the one that's beating the bandwagon hey, 16 hey, getting for there. 16 getting right there. so uh yeah i think he should still be worried that's where i was just about to go so this is our seventh winner in seven races the streak is continuing um i've decided if it gets to nine we're gonna come up with a song and we're gonna be singing it uh, or at least, you know, I'll put something together. And, yeah, we're the 16 for 16 this year is back on, guys. That's exciting. Um, not super excited the seventh guy won this race, but, you know, we'll take it. Uh, qualifier 13th wins the race. Was it everything you expected and more, Amos? Or, uh, you know, was Denny Hamlin winning too much of a hack move for you, like <laughs> like you have liked to say to us already? <laughs> well, I... I mean, obviously, he had good strategy towards the end, and it just goes to show you how important tires are at a track like Richmond. I mean, obviously, I mean, when he come out, however, whatever his final pit stop was, they were saying he was like a second a lap faster than the leader. So, yeah, you're going to run somebody down when when you're going that fast. So, I mean, it worked out for him. He was able to... 
work the pit. Um, but that's kind of a typical Richmond race. I don't. He was just in the right place, right time, had the right strategy. By far, he was not the best car all day. There were probably two or three other guys that had better cars or. Ooh, like are I mean, trying, I think. Are you trying to say he didn't deserve to win that race? Well, he won the wow. race. I didn't, I didn't say that, but he, you can't discredit his win uh, like that, Amos. Well, he did win the race. I know he had he, the right strategy. He led five laps, and Byron led 122, and Truex led 80, and Bell led 63, and Blaney went 128. But he won the race. You just, <laughs> none of them guys led the most important lap, right? So, sure. Yes, um, or the last five most important laps. I guess. I don't know. I I. I just think that that's kind of a product of Richmond racing. There's all kinds of pit strategy that you can use to get yourself to the finish line. It's not, it is a track that is dependent on track position, but if you have a good car and you've positioned yourself well, you're going to be there at the end. And that's what Denny Hamlin showed. So kudos to them guys, but he should still be worried. He's not out of the woods yet. Well, does this, does this kind of mean, though, that your prediction early in the year that, you know, we all love, um, but him missing the chase, do you think it's kind of off at this point? Probably, because yeah. I'm not on the 16 for 16 bandwagon, so I think you're going to start to see some repeat winners. So, yeah, right. I mean, he's cemented his place in the chase, in my opinion. But but sweat, sweat all the time. Yeah, I Always mean, okay. but <laughs> it's more of a running joke that we say he's going to miss the chase because it only takes one race. Well, I mean, he'll make the chase, but it's if it, he keeps it, racing well, the way he has up to this point, he's not gonna well, he'll, he'll go be far in the, the chase. First elimination. That's, he'll be the first elimination. Yeah, Ooh, well, I mean, is that where we're gonna go now? Well, you bring up one. in the earlier in the show that this is Toyota's breakout race. Yeah. Well, let's see Toyota race as well the next two or three races, mm-hmm. and then we can say breakout because anybody can win on any given day and. We're not going to anoint them the NASCAR champions. So, I mean, Michael McDowell had his breakout race last year. No, no, no. Won the Daytona 500. <laughs> that was it. No, so. no, that, that's that's a little different. But yeah, um, I guess your point is is kind of true. Uh, no, we were actually gonna, I was actually just going to go to the Toyota thing. So that's that's funny you bring it up. Uh, JGR has four guys, all four of their guys finishing the top nine. Uh, as far as 23XI go, Wallace in 26, rough day for him, and Kurt Busch had early problems, like we mentioned, so he finished 35th. Uh, but just focusing on the JGR guys, because 23XI may be a little disappointing on these uh, more traditional tracks as we get further into the season. Their best result of the day, or of the year, for sure, Chris. I know you're all on the Toyota bandwagon as much as you love the Stuart Haas group. Uh, your driver's in the JGR camp. Well, surprised, impressed. I mean, what's what's the feeling you I mean, get from this one? Like I said, if I'd have been more up on what I was doing, mm-hmm. you know, last week, I, I guess their performance at Richmond. I guess if they not hadn't gotten four guys in the top ten, it'd have been a disappointing performance. Oh, you think given so? Given given their performance at Richmond hmm. in the past, so you're I mean, not they surprised. Finished one, two, three there before. You're not surprised. This this was oh, of course. I think this was their best opportunity to shine. Let me put it that way. All right. So, Amos, you said let's see what they do, you know, over the next few weeks. But is this kind of a turning point for Toyota? Do you want to you want to say that this early, or do you you also want to see more to kind of support that point? Well, let's see what they do this coming week at Martinsville. Put a couple races back to back because yeah, I mean, Kyle Busch had a good car in Vegas, but. Pit strategy bumped him out, so pit strategy put Denny Hamlin in. So, mm-hmm. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, Denny Hamlin won, but he led the last five laps. It's not like he was in any – I mean, he didn't even win place in any stages, right? Uh, he, no, he no. I five think... laps, won the race. Ooh, pit see. strategy is <clears> – <throat> not that I'm taking away from his win. Hmm. It's the biggest reason. That he won the race. Yeah, no, you're correct. He didn't. He didn't so, place in any of the stages. I mean, if we want to, you know, Truex Jr., Kyle Busch probably had maybe better cars, different pit strategy, but them two have been running a little better through this season to this point than Denny Hamlin, Chris Bell, Bush. Bush has been running. Uh, Kurt Busch has been running pretty good, and Bubba Wallace. So, well, I think they forgot to prepare. 
Kurt Busch's car. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, serious. The, yeah, Bob didn't ECU, do something yeah. on that. One. How, how do you bring that thing to the track and, and on on the pace lap he loses fuel pressure yeah. and then they have to replace most of the electronics in it. And, so I mean, it's like holy <clears throat> crap, guys. Just to kind of put it in a little bit more context, what Amos is saying there with like, yeah, he wasn't the best. Uh, there were four other guys that outscored him for points on the day that yeah. finished below him, obviously, because he won. And and Harvick, who finished second, tied him on points. So, yeah, he won the race, but he actually didn't really score that many points at the end of the day. Right. I mean, winning's the most important thing when it comes right down to it. But the points also factor in late in the season, right? So sure. you want to garner a lot of points, too. Um, so, yeah, yeah no, he wasn't gonna, dominant, that's for sure. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of guys that have one race win. So you want to get them points, yeah. At, you know, which kind of counterdicts how we were talking about stage racing points or race wins last week for the road but, course. Like but we it's decided, a yeah, track. it's different, right? So, but uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think that Toyota's running as bad as what we've maybe said or even what mm. people have said in the past because we're we're used to seeing them run up front more often. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It's not that they're running thirtieth and and back and not completing the race and stuff like that. So it's it's just they're not winning races or leading laps. So we're like, oh, what's wrong with Toyota? So well, I'm. I'm but gonna... let's see next week if the whole JGR camp well but shows up to race again. It took them seven races to get a win here. That's true. And and it yeah. just seems like they're a little behind the boat here. I'm I'm going to go off what Amos said too because I want to see how they do at Martinsville and then. I think when they pull the pin on Bristol, that's when everybody's going to kind of go, okay, are they for real or not? Well, you know? I, Bristol's too much wild card, really, though, yeah, I at mean, the end of the day. I love the fact that NASCAR has thrown that track in there as a dirt track. <laughs> I'm glad you do, man. Because <laughs> I watched Flow Racing this weekend, some, yeah. mm-hmm. and they were racing uh, the Modifieds and uh, uh, you know various different class of cars on that track in preparation for the NASCAR race next weekend. Oh, yeah. Two weekends away, I guess. Yeah. So so that track's going to have gotten a heck of a lot of racing done on it. And hopefully it doesn't rain. And, yeah. Right? I hope it don't rain. Cross fingers. No rain. I'd, I put up with Good the dust weather. before yeah. I put up with the mud race. Yeah, the dust is whatever. That Because I remember that truck race last year, and I think you do too. Where they didn't even get one lap in and nobody could see out of their windshield. It yeah. was kind of like, ugh. That was chaos. Yeah. Yeah, to put it mildly. Oh, uh, okay. Um, what else? What else stands out in the standings, if anything? Um, we move on to our picks, or, well, we're going to go to driver of the day and, and everything first. But what else stands out in the results? Uh, Amos, anything you want to touch on? In the results of the race or the standings? Sorry. Standings? The results of the race, yes, from uh, Richmond. Well, I think what stands out to me is the number of what we would call tier one teams that finished mm-hmm. in even the top 15, right? We kind of talked about this a little bit last week about where we're starting to get into some tracks that are not your cookie cutter mile and a half, that there might be a little engineering or a little bit of whatever that's got to be done to these cars to get them to go around the tracks. So... First race like that, we see, yeah, pretty much. I mean, the top 10 is a who's who in the tier one teams, right? So, yeah. I mean, it's practically I'm, your best, some of your best guys in the top 10. I mean, we got to get back to Busher and 15th, Suarez 16th, where we kind of start seeing the shakeup of the tier one teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, Austin Dillon at 10, but I guess for whatever reason, we just are. Well, but RCR, in my opinion, is a little bit above. Right. You know, they're, they're, the they're top like a level ha- of the yeah, tier two I teams. Mean, I think so. Trackhouse has kind of shown more that they are, but we all look at RCR in a much more positive light for sure. So, no, I mean, and Austin Dillon's a race winner. So, the, <clears> but yes, the top 10, even the top 15, largely dominated by tier one guys. Right. And, and I think that you've said in the past, like, that's what you expect to happen. These these guys are going to be more dominant as we go on throughout right. the year, and they're we're going to start to see the big teams rise up right. to the top, especially Martinsville or you know Richmond, Martinville, Martinsville, Bristol. Mm-hmm. These three tracks, the big teams need to make some hay, get some race wins, push the tier two teams around a little bit, and kind of get a little bit of separation going. 
Talladega, you know, it is what it is. That's anybody can win that track, in my opinion. Yeah. No matter the tier that you're racing in. And then, you know, it's back to the big dogs need to be pushing the little guys around again. So, yeah. I mean, because after Talladega, it's Dover, Darlington, Kansas, Texas, right? So, yeah. Uh, we're starting to see the good teams come up. Uh, it's it's like almost Amos is just a sage of wisdom and he calls it how he sees it and then it just happens. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> Chris, race results, anything else stand out for you that you want to you wanna mention or should we move on? Well, I think the, the one thing that stands out to me was, or leaped at me, was uh, how bad Trackhouse did this week. Yeah, really Com- fell com- off, Compared huh? to the previous week and mm-hmm. actually... The previous several weeks, 16th there was a and distinct 19th. fall off. Maybe they did too much celebrating because of Chastain's too win, much, yeah. You know, but uh, yeah, they were off. They were off the bubble by quite a bit, I believe. Right, and we'll see if that continues or if that was just a blip. Because honestly, they've been Suarez has had problems kind of outside of his control throughout the year, but Chastain has been pretty consistent over yeah. the last few races. So yeah, kind of surprising to see that happen. All right, uh, let's go to our driver of the day. Uh, obviously, you guys know we do this every after every race. New thing we're doing this year. So a little refresher. We go driver of the day, in our opinion, who had the best day. It's very subjective. Maybe there's one answer that you guys think, oh, that's, that's obvious. Uh, but we might go with someone else. Uh, we do rookie of the day, which is usually pretty straightforward because there's not many of them. And we usually pick the guy that finished the highest. And team of the day, which is, uh, you know, JGR, Hendrick, uh, Stuart Haas, which team as a collective did the best. So, Chris, let's start with you for your driver of the day at Richmond. Well, I'm going to take a little bit different tact again. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to give my driver of the day to Kurt Busch. Kurt Busch? He didn't finish well. But I got to give it to a guy that gets out there and is willing to contend you know, down 45 laps after so many car troubles. He got out there and he still drove, you know, as aggressively as his machine would allow him to drive. And he put in a, you know, he put in a good effort, but it was too much to overcome, but he still got out there and competed. So I would just like to make sure you're going with the guy that finished 35th in the race, right? Yes. Interesting. I don't think, I think that's the most like different type of guy that we've seen picked. Well, for sure. I mean, he could have just said, yeah, you know, yeah, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm not going out there. But he got out there, he competed, he tried to accumulate as many points as he could for the team, you know, looking forward to the next race and and at the end of the year. So, yeah, yeah I'm going to give it to Kurt Busch for getting out there and trying to, trying to make something out of nothing, you know? All right, well, some respect for the old guy at 23XI. Uh, I'm going to go with William Byron was – Probably the best car on the day. Unfortunately, the pit strategy, he ran out of laps, essentially, on his pit strategy. And uh, that's something that happens. And uh, it was unfortunate, but he qualified second. Looked good for a lot of the race. Uh, I believe he led the most, yeah, he led the second most laps, only six behind Blaney. But I got to go with Byron, man. He was close to getting another win. Uh, Unfortunately, the the off-sequence pitting just didn't go his way this time. Sometimes it will, though, right? Sometimes you'll get it to go. Yeah. Uh, Amos, who do you want to go with? Nobody stands out to me, in my opinion. Um, Wow, Amos is is stumped. Well, I don't know. I guess let's do a shout-out for Ryan Blaney. I mean, he was on the pole, led a lot of the first stage. I think he's... Probably as frustrated as the next person that they can't <laughs> not finish a race and get a race win. But I feel like his time's coming this season. He's going to hit a stretch, and when he does get it figured out, it's going to be rough for the rest of the field. Yeah, it could because he could rattle off a lot of wins really yeah, quickly. So. All right, uh, our rookie of the day, maybe tough picks here, guys. Harrison Burton did finish the highest, qualified technically the highest, uh, 18th and 17th. Cinder pretty close behind him. Uh, I think Haley had his problems. So who we feeling, guys? Uh, Chris, we'll start with you, of course. Rookie of the year or of the, the day for you? I think you got to give it to Harrison Burton. All I right. Mean, he didn't have that. I mean, he finished one position off of where he qualified, but the reality is, is he was out there plugging all day long and, and trying to compete, you know, with what he had under him, so... 
I think this race you got to give it to Harrison Burton. All right, Harrison Burton. Uh, Amos, objections from you? No objections, Your Honor. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, so unanimous Harrison Burton. Uh, you know, Cindric's looking like the best rookie of the year so far, uh, at least by the numbers of what we've been picking. But, you know, Burton gets a few more things to go his way. It'll be, uh, it'll be a good rookie year for him. All right, team of the day. I think this one's probably pretty easy, but who knows? We could get thrown some curveballs from these guys. So, uh, Chris, team of the day. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the obvious pick is Joe Gibbs Racing. Mm-hmm. You know, four cars in the top ten. Um, but I also look at it like Hendrick Motorsports had three cars in the top ten. So it's kind of like, okay, you know. And arguably the best car of the day. I mean, Yeah, right. and arguably the best car of the day. So I think I am going to go with Hendrick Motorsports. Mm. A little surprised with that pick, Amos? Yeah, a little bit. I, But... They probably had the better cars, were more – well, I don't know. I guess William Byron really was the only one that led any laps out of the Hendrick camp, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, kind of. But, I mean, overall, it's hard to argue with either pick, Harvick or uh, Hendrick or JGR, but Hendrick's just been more consistent throughout the year, so probably an easy pick. You going to go with the same? Yeah. Um. No, I think – I don't know. I'm I'm kind of riding the tier two guys lately, so I'm going to stick with them. I mean, RCR put out a good performance, tenth and twelfth. So, I mean, I feel like we just we say it all the time. Like Dylan and Reddick are are right there, but they're right there. You know, they're they're kind of slowly. It was top fifteens. Now we're getting some top twelves, top tens. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like them two are. Probably heading down the same path they were last year. They're going to be fighting for that, you know, 13th to 16th spot in the standings to get into the chase. But, but they're consistent. They're they're just right there, and I think that's what you need to be doing to get race wins, multiple race wins, and to kind of mix it up with these tier one teams. So, hats off to uh, RCR this week. All right. Um, well, I got to go with JGR. I mean, it's going to be the first time they get a get a pick here. Of the whole year, it's kind of sad. <laughs> it is a little sad, um, but I can't argue with four guys in the top nine race winner. Even if they kind of luck into it, but they had two guys uh, lead a lot of laps. You know, with Truex and Bell, and technically Hamlin led the fifth most laps. So three of the top five leading the most laps. I mean, I don't enjoy it, but uh, I'll go in JGR for this one. <laughs> All right, should we get to our picks, guys? Do you uh, think that we did good, or do you think that you did good this I, year? I don't think I did This good. race. I think I was abysmal this race. Oh, okay. Well, we're going to get to them. Uh, race winner, Amos. Uh, no, excuse me. I was the furthest away with Joey Logano, who I don't know where he was. I was all like, oh, this is going to be his race to hopefully break through. Nope, not at all. Uh, Kyle Busch <laughs> was for Amos. Close, got ninth, uh, faded as the day went on, and Chris, you had Martin Truex Jr. that finished fourth. So a point for Chris. Ooh. Amos is falling off of the wagon Ooh. hard here. I think I fell uh, off the cliff. <laughs> Pole sitter, uh, Amos with one of the worst picks of the year on this one so far. Alex Bowman starting 28th. Oof. Chris went with Tyler Reddick, who started 16th, and I went with Kevin Harvick, who started 7th, so I'm going to take the point there. And uh, the question of the day was, do we get a new winner? We all went with yes, even though we all thought it might not happen. But, hey, we were smart. We all got the points. Uh, so, Amos, your first point scored in, in five weeks, I think. <laughs> got to feel nice. Yeah, it's been over a month. He's back on the board. Yeah. I'm back on track. You guys better watch out. All right. That brings our standings to 11 for me, 10 for Chris, and Amos sitting at 5. So you're double in the hole now, Amos. Um, comebacks on. You guys, I'm just giving you your, giving you your opportunity to uh, feel good about yourself, mm, so then I'm going to punish mm, you towards the end. Here. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, think, I think you got a little too overconfident last year, maybe. All right. No. Never. This year, or uh, this race, we're going to go with winner, pole sitter, and who leads the most laps. So be thinking about those three right there. Um, 
should we get to the Hall of Fame nominees, guys? This is a fun little thing. Come out over, let's see, after the race. Is that right, Chris? Yeah, on uh, Monday? Yeah, well, it was Monday. It was a Monday that this Monday, come out. Yeah. So okay. we have three different sections of the Hall of Fame. We have what's called the Modern Era Ballot, um, which obviously isn't that modern because there's still a lot of older names on here. And then the Pioneer Ballot, which goes back a little further. Uh, and then you have people that weren't necessarily like drivers or crew chiefs, but were, and some of them were that have been nominated, but had some influential uh, act or role to play in NASCAR's development, and that's called the Landmark Award. So uh, two guys will get in from the Modern Era ballot, one from the Pioneer ballot, and one person will win the Landmark Award. So uh, let's talk about that. We'll go over who's been nominated and then kind of the people that we would put in. Uh, I think we'll rely heavily on Chris for his expertise in this one. What do you think, Amos? Yes, very much so. All there right. were not <laughs> a lot of names I recognized on this list. So. All right, so if we all got it pulled up, let's go over the modern era ballot. Uh, you guys can look it up. I'm looking at it on racer.com. That's the best website I found for it. Um, so we're going to go with Neil Bonnet, Tim Brewer, Jeff Burton, Carl Edwards, Harry Gant, Harry Hyde, Matt Kenseth, Larry Phillips, Ricky Rudd, and uh, Kirk Schmelden? No. Schmeldiner. 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 Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely a name I don't recognize. Um, but all these guys had kind of some different achievements. But let's drill down on some of the favorites that we see here uh, that'll, that'll maybe end up on or in the class for the Hall of Fame. So just a reminder, two of these guys uh, will get introduced. So Chris, who's kind of some of the top guys in this class uh, of nominees, and then we'll we'll talk about what they did and, and why they were important, in your mind at least, who's the... Well... So maybe like the top four, you know? Uh, so my top four, and we're only going to be getting, what, two or one? Two. Two from two. this class, yeah. Uh, my top four would be Neil Bonnet... Jeff Burton, uh, Harry Hyde, Ricky Rudd. All right, so let's talk about those guys. So Neil Bonnet, 18-time winner. Uh, he won back-to-back Coca-Cola 600s. A little bit of an older name, right, Chris? But a guy that mm, comes up quite a bit in the history books and was pretty good. 70s, I think he was probably out by the early 80s. Uh, Tragically died. Yes. Um, Jeff Burton. What can you say? The mayor of the pits. The know? mayor of the pits. Is that yeah. what they called him? That's what they called okay, him. Okay, I didn't know that. Um, he won 21 races. Two biggest ones were Southern 500 and two Coca-Cola 600s. Yeah, never never won a championship, but still a very stout performer in uh, NASCAR racing. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry Hyde, what can you say about Harry Hyde? You know, he was, uh, he was actually the guy that the character, the crew chief character, in uh, Days of Thunder was based on. Oh, that's right, huh? Yeah, and he... Uh, <laughs> I remember watching that documentary. He and crew chief about that. for Tim Richmond, who, you know, if he hadn't had his issues, probably would have been one of the biggest names in NASCAR. Um, and then Ricky Rudd, just an Iron Man in racing. Didn't, you know, didn't win a NASCAR championship, but, I mean, Ricky Rudd was such a tough guy, he burned himself really badly and his eyes, and he actually raced the next weekend. And he, he couldn't, he had to literally tape his eyes open in order to see. He had 23 career wins. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, this is a good list, the good guys that you picked out there. Harry Hyde also won a, a Cup Series as a crew chief in uh, in 1970. So some interesting names here. We'll have to see who for sure goes through. Amos, do any two stick out to you that if you could vote, that would be your guys? Uh, I know a handful of them. Um, I wouldn't argue. The only ones, let me put, let's do it this way. The ones that I would argue against at this point of the NASCAR Hall of Fame setup is Carl Edwards and Matt Kenseth. Mm. There's rumor and or still opportunity for either one of them to come back and race. So not that I'm saying once you're in the Hall of Fame, you can't race anymore, but, uh, you know, some of these other guys are it's too have put in their time, yeah. so to speak. So I I really wouldn't have a problem with any of the others. I, I guess I'd be a little more 
surprised with Carl Edwards and Matt Kenza getting the nod before some of them. Yeah, I mean, Carl Edwards is a serious champion and won 39 races. And well, he's not my favorite driver. Uh, he was <laughs> he was pretty good, and it just feels like it's a little too early to put someone so new or recent, I guess is the better word, into the Hall of Fame when there's there's names on here that yeah are older. But maybe they haven't gotten their due respect. And uh, Chris, you alluded to some of their names, and you know it's, it'd be good to see any of them. So uh, drill down your two. Who's getting your votes, Chris? Me. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I'm I'm a large advocate for Neil Bonnet. I didn't mention this guy, but when I started thinking about his career, I could see him walking into the Hall of Fame very honorably, and that's Harry Gant. So. You know, I, I I would go with those two, Neil Bonnet and Harry Gant. All right, cool. Uh, let's talk about these Pioneer era uh, nominees. There's five of them: Sam Ard, AJ Foyt, Banjo Matthews, Herschel McGriff, and Ralph Moody. So we definitely know a few of these names on here. Um, Chris, talk about the kind of the, the more popular ones as far as these five pertain to or you maybe mention a little bit well, about all of them you're only going to put one in right how does only one of these yeah get okay in. it's got to be aj foyt all right why aj foyt well i mean the name says it all you know four-time indy 500 winner daytona 500 winner uh raced i mean he he literally could race anything in everything with wills on it and do well mm-hmm. so i mean the name to me says it all and i might add uh, A.J. Foyt is Tony Stewart's, you know, biggest idol. You know what I mean? Ah, so a little connection there that yeah. you like, huh? Yeah. Um, obviously, Banjo Matthews, you were talking a little bit about him before we started yeah, the show. Yeah, so the, the chassis that all these cars raced up until this year was actually based on a chassis that Banjo Matthews conceived and built. And it, it, as it says right here, you know, he won his cars, he built cars, that won 250 NASCAR Cup Series races and yeah, three championships. It's a lot. <laughs> so it's it's. I mean, there again, it's it, it's just says it all. And then Ralph Moody should be mentioned in there too because he was very innovative in developing cars and and actually was part of the Holman Moody Group back in the 60s and into the 70s. He won two championships as an owner. I mean, and you know, I even know the name Moody, so. And I'm not, I'm not very old. So I think, as long as I feel I mean, like, if I know these people, then they deserve to be in here and and be nominees for sure. It's just about drilling down the one guy. Let me hard. let me talk about Sam Ard. So mm-hmm. Sam Ard had the most Xfinity race wins up until Kyle Busch overtook him. Kyle Busch beating up so, on all the young so kids. Sam Ard was a tremendous performer in his day and age. So, I mean, you could make an argument for any one of these gentlemen on the Pioneer ballot, and and really, it'd be okay. But I got to go with A.J. Foyt. Amos, anyone you would like to drill down on for your pick, or you defer to the the expertise over here? Yeah, I defer to Chris. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know A.J. Foyt, and... uh, not many of the other names, so but it sounds like all of them have been great contributors to NASCAR, and any one of them could be in the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and or should be, and or will be one day. Yeah. All right, the Landmark Award, uh, someone that did something important pertaining to NASCAR. So we have Janet Guthrie, first female to compete in the NASCAR Cup Series back in the 70s, yeah. late 60s, 70s. Um, Alan Hawkins, first flagman. I, I think that was interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, helped establish Bowman Gray Stadium uh, with Bill France Sr. Uh, Mike Hilton, who was the third president of NASCAR, uh, had a role to play in in the construction or operations of Atlanta and Talladega. Uh, Lisa France Kennedy, am I saying her name right? Lisa? Yeah. Okay. Uh, NASCAR executive vice chair and one of the most influential women in sports. It's very broad, I don't, <laughs> but hey, I, I guess it's uh, an executive vice chairman position. And then Dr. Joseph Matolio? Mattioli. Mattioli. Why can't I get that one? They say his name every time we go to Pocono, and I always forget it. Uh, he found a Pocono Raceway, and I will say right now, I have no interest in Pocono, so <laughs> sorry, Dr. <laughs> Joseph. <laughs> you wouldn't get my pick. Uh, but Chris, I think you mentioned who you would pick early 
uh, before the show started. So uh, drill down your candidate here well, for the Landmark Award. My heart wants to go with Janet Guthrie because she was a very amazing woman. Uh, started out basically on her own racing sports cars, uh, moved into Indy cars and raced the Indy 500 several times, and then moved into NASCAR. Her biggest issue was is she came in in an era where women just could not get sponsorship, period. And so I, I, wanna, I want her to get into it. But I could make the argument, too, that Mike Helton and Lisa France Kennedy. Now, Lisa France Kennedy has always been kind of a in-the-background kind of person, mm-hmm. you know, not, uh, not out there in the public eye, but made an awful lot of decisions that affected NASCAR over the years. She has a kid that's racing right now, uh, Ben Kennedy, who is performing very, very well in the uh, Modified Series and mm. the Sportsman Series. So there's there's a lot of good names on this list. Um, all these people did something that is important for the sport, and that's that's what the landmark award is. Right. So, I think whoever wins, it's good. It's a good group of talent in every uh, nomination group, and and it's cool that NASCAR does this Hall of Fame thing. Uh, there's a lot of names that maybe we don't know that we don't recognize, and you guys can read more on and become more familiar with and. When you think about NASCAR, at the end of the day, it's pretty old sport, and it goes back longer than than probably a lot of us like to think of as far as the modern era of NASCAR, right? right. And and it caught so much popularity through the 90s. But there were people that laid the, the way for what we have now and, and why we have the sport. And it's cool that they get uh, recognized and, and they have a Hall of Fame set up. I mean, all of these major sports... Um, programs do right the nfl their hall of fame ceremony is yeah. a big deal and and the mlb is a controversial one but it's fun so i think nascar's uh doing a pretty good thing here uh amos you want to add anything more i know we've talked a lot to chris here and you haven't had much to say no that's fine chris has more insight into it can offer better help for the viewers so <laughs> no i'm good i think it sounds great i'm down with any of them all right any more thoughts from you chris no no i i think we covered it pretty well really all right, cool. So we'll see who uh, comes out as the the class of what, 2022, or will it be 2023? Will they announce it at the end of the season, they'll start of next it, year, right? They'll announce it in 2023. All right, so we'll see who the next class is. It's cool. Uh, Dell Jr. was probably and the they, biggest name out of the last class. they do? They skip two years? I think it, either one or two. For I, I think it was two sure. years they skipped so. because of... The thing. The thing. Yeah. That's the how we we'll refer to it. Yeah. The thing. Um, should we move on then? Should we should we go to Martinsville? Sure. Yeah. Saturday night race, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is it? Is it? It should be, right? Friday night and Saturday night this week. Let me make sure. I don't like to uh offer Come up on, false you information. Have this information right <laughs> at your I don't like to offer up false information too often. I, Saturday, I April 9th do. at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. There you go. Chris is on it. Uh, so we get the fun night race at Martinsville. It should be interesting. Martinsville always offers something I just controversial at the end of the day, right? Yeah, it isn't cold like it's been known to be at Martinsville. It could be a little chilly, yeah. Um, as long as they don't have the weather we've had, it might be okay. So we're going to have excitement as always. Fun first race last year. Probably was one of the most entertaining crashes. One of my most memorable things from last year. Oh, yeah. Super Speedway crash. <laughs> Super Speedway. Yeah, that, that was pretty awesome. Who knew? <laughs> um, no, one of my favorite memories from last year's season was actually Suarez's car on fire down the backstretch. <laughs> and everyone's running to the big group of cars. He was a little further in front of them. And he's like, hello. <laughs> my car is burning. Like, my car was on fire. And everyone's just running past me. And I'm like, well, if I don't have a car, guys, then how am I supposed to raise? Oh, he gave us some great sound bites from last year. I, and it's so many good quotes. on FS1, which I don't, why are they, do, why are they doing that? Probably because it's a Saturday race. Oh, yeah, it might be. I don't, honestly, I don't know. Doesn't that seem like, this seems like prime time on with Fox, baseball. you know, baseball? I'll bet Saturday oh, baseball. It could be. On Fox. Ooh. <gasps> yeah, because I think this is opening weekend. Oh, it, it is, it is. You're right. Yep. Ah, well, what a travesty. There we go. We got moved Do back. they not know that Martinsville is just the race to be out? Who needs this baseball crap? They're yeah. on strike anyway, so. No, I think they got it resolved, didn't they? <laughs> no, I know they did. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's going to be the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief. Quite quite the name there. Uh, any sponsorship links that we can draw here? 
I mean, we should have known last year or last race that it was Toyota owners, so of course we made Toyota. Um, Amos, any conspiracy theories? You're the conspiracy theorist for sure. <laughs> uh, well, it's probably going to go to an older driver then for the Blue Emu <laughs> Pain Reliever race. Kurt Kevin Busch Harvick. Will be my, oh, yeah, okay. who's, uh, who's our elder two. statesman there, right? It's, I mean, it's those two for sure that, yeah, that so. me and... And then I guess maybe we should buy some for Chris so he can get <laughs> all limbered up and ready for the Saturday night race. Huh? Yeah, there you go. Okay, but in all seriousness, Amos, uh, what does Martinsville offer? Fill us in for what you see going down on the on the hairpin or not the hairpin, yeah. the paperclip. Paperclip. So I mean, Martinsville's got something for everybody. Pit strategy, um, beating and banging. There's going to be tempers that'll flare. A little bit of push. There's going to be cars that are. Just a small push. Yeah, just, just, just a little push. one. There's going to be um, <laughs> lots of good in-car radio. I think you're going to see guys who are strong at the start of the race fade, maybe come back. I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity in this race for guys to get their car dialed in. It's 500 laps. Um, probably one of my favorite tracks that NASCAR goes to, yeah. just for all them reasons. I mean, and but if you have a, a good car and you're dialed in, you're going to lead some laps. You're more than likely going to win the race, which hasn't been the case over the last couple of races, spring and fall race at Nest, at Martinsville. But, uh, I mean, there's a little bit of something for everybody in yeah, this track. We had good moments at this track last year, so well, this, I expect this more of the same. This track has provided lots of good moments through hey, the years. Know, and the trophy is awesome, right? It's grandfather the grandfather clock. clock. Yeah, grandfather clock. It's a, ch- it's a trophy that everyone wants to chase yep. and have in their in their collection. Um, I think back to Dale Earnhardt when he won this race, Dale Earnhardt Jr., he won this race, and he said, we're going to drink a lot of beer tonight because I finally got that grandfather clock. I mean, there's, <laughs> it's, it's good. It offers a lot of... Of unique uh, moments, so 0.53 technically miles for this track. Uh, if you, I, I, you know, I said paperclip earlier. Literally, if you have a paperclip, look at it. That's how the track looks. Um, pit strategy is going to be interesting. It's going to be a small yeah. pit area, right? So that that'll make it yeah, interesting. Front, they pit on the front and back stretch. So mm-hmm. the, and there's going to be a lot of pit strategy in this track. So it's a it's an old track, been around for a long time. 1947. I didn't. That's a lot longer than I thought it. So. You know, um, it offers a lot of excitement. Uh, anything else you want to add here, Amos? No, I think we've pretty much covered it. It's it's cool. The first what Saturday night race that we've had this year. So yeah, I believe so, right? Um, yeah, yeah. It's going to offer some good times. All right, Chris. Uh, we get to the long-awaited, the anticipated moment that everyone looks forward to. Your star rating for Martinsville. Uh, so we asked Chris to give us a star rating, a Google five-star review, if you will. We ask him on a scale of zero stars to five stars, uh, what is your rating for Martinsville? Oh, this is definitely a five-star track. Five out of five. Yeah, this, I think this, this is our first five-star, isn't this it? This harkens back to the old days of NASCAR racing. You know, I mean, th- this is the track. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's been around literally since the founding of NASCAR. And, I mean, this is the track. Do you expect fireworks? Oh, yeah. Always on a half mile. Do you want Absolutely. to? Do you want to maybe go for one name that you think could produce the drama? Who do you think? The one name that could produce. Yeah, the drama? who who's Ooh, the drama boy. maker this year? At uh, <clears throat> I mean, because. <laughs> That's tough because I can see so many of these drivers just absolutely losing it at this track. We we're just talking about the hack, right? Earlier, yeah, there's there's the hack, uh, so, Kyle Busch. Uh, well, we know he's going to be Brad mad. Brad Kozlowski, you know. So, okay, so speaking of Kyle Busch, actually, when I was listening to the radio for the race, they were talking about how he actually radioed over um, to his crew chief and said, I think we really got a car this week. And obviously it went away from him. So maybe the first time all year I've heard him be positive? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, well. uh, all right, so lots of contenders for the drama maker. Uh, Amos, do you have a certain candidate in mind? So there's two names that always come to mind <laughs> when they're causing havoc on a short track. Okay. Joey Logano and Brad Keselowski. Oh, yeah. And I, I like Joey. I love his racing style. Brad Keselowski just seems to find trouble. I don't know what it is. <sighs> it's just how he races. And, and Keselowski, if he's going to have a decent car at this weekend, he's going to want to make hay on it because of the penalty they incurred. So he basically has to win a race to get into the chase. So 
Um, it could be some. It could be some. And there's other guys. I mean, you've got Danny Hamlin, who is notorious at Martinsville for being mm. a good racer, led the most laps in last year's spring race, didn't close the deal. He <laughs> had trouble in the fall with Alex Bowman, and that's why the we call, are using the, the word hack, right? You know, I mean, Bowman come out of nowhere, leads nine laps, wins the race. Um, you know, Chase Elliott, he's running, been running pretty good all year. Mm. He led the most laps in the fall race, didn't win. He's got, you know, he could be looking for something. Uh, and Ryan Blaney, I mean, he he's led a ton of uh, laps at Martinsville over the last couple oh, of races yeah, yeah. and has not been able to close out the deal. So, I mean, yeah, you have your guys that are notorious for beating and banging, but I think there's some guys that, given the chance to use the nose of the car to get a race win, they're going to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the funnest part. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And honestly, it's almost something about like the night races that get the tempers flaring. Like last year, one of the f- <laughs> one of the funniest things last year was Kevin Harvick and Chase Elliott. Oh, it was a night race at Bristol, right? Like it's just maybe something just about the night, and it's just they come out and they're crazy. Uh, wasn't a night? Was it a night race for Hamlin and Bowman too? Uh, uh, might have been. Might have been. No, yeah, said, no. no. The fall race is on a Sunday. Okay. I believe. Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, still. Hack. But it's this track, man. We're at this track. All right. Uh, let's get to our picks. Or do we have anything else to say in the lead up to the race? No. No. All right. Maybe a chance of crappy weather if we're talking about leading up to the race. But Ugh. So let's hope for good no. weather. I'm going to look that No. Up. All right. We will get the weather update after our picks here. Uh, the quest for 16 for 16 is very much on. I know Amos doesn't like to talk about it, but it's very much on. But we have to take it one race at a time, all my fanatics out there, all right? We're at seven. Eight gets us halfway. So let's see if we can get a new winner. Uh, Amos, you're going to lead us off with the picks. So just a reminder, guys, winner, pull, most laps led. Make your picks, and let's see how they do. So, Amos, who wins? I'm going with a homer pick this week, Chase Elliott. So that'll be a new winner. And, yeah, Uh I mean, I'll go eight for eight this week for sure. Um Chase has had a decent season up to this point. He's tied with the driver's points uh, with Ryan Blaney, solidly in the top 16 for points and position in the chase. But yeah, um, I think he has a good – this has been a good track for him as of late. I think he continues that trend and gets his first win of the year. Will you be disappointed to see it not happen? Of course. I'm always disappointed. Even yeah. when he's running like trash, I think he should win every week. So, yeah, I mean, of course, if he doesn't win, I'll be disappointed. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there's – It's not going to happen. Just just put it out yeah, there. Yeah, he's going to have Shouldn't a good Shouldn't even race. put it good out weekend. there. Good All right. weekend. All right. Chris, uh, you were closest last week. You've been picking pretty good to start the year. So um, who's your race winner for Martinsville? Number one. Number one. Yeah, because we'll have two. Numero so, uno. Two races at Martinsville, as always. Uh, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch. So we're just going to pick our favorite drivers for this one? or what? <laughs> Well, I mean, Kyle Busch has swept this race many years in a row. You know, swept all three races, trucks. Oh, man, we get to be reminded of this talking point again. Yeah. So I'm going with Kyle Busch. All right, uh, so I'm not going with my favorite driver. Uh, I don't rate Logano's chances super high on this one. You know, for whatever reason, he's had a weird few races. Um, still pretty sitting pretty nice in the points, though, so we'll take it. Uh, when I think of Martinsville, I tend to think of a couple guys, uh, and Martin Truex kind of comes to my mind for whatever reason this week. He had a good race last week. Toyota seems to be maybe be getting things figured out. Looked good in Vegas. Um, maybe due for a win, you know. Or, yeah. Yeah, right? He he hasn't won yet. Correct. Correct. Okay. I was like, wait. Um, so maybe due for a win, and that would also make it a new winner. So I'll go with Truex, and we've picked three new winners, so... The quest for 16 is here, baby. We're all on board, even if Amos wants to downplay it. Um, Pole sitter, Amos. I say Ryan Blaney gets two in a row. Two in a row? All right. Yeah. I don't know. I think you'll have it dialed in for the start of the race again, and <laughs> we'll see what happens from there. But, yeah, I'm going Ryan Blaney. And then bye-bye. Okay. Uh, Chris, 
Paul Sitter's tough to predict. We didn't do a very good job last week. So I'm going to go got? with uh, Kyle Larson on this one. Kyle Larson. Huh. Needs something to go his way. I feel like he... The last two weeks have been rough for him, maybe. Yeah. He did finish okay last week, but I didn't feel like he had that good of a race. It was kind of interesting. All right, so Ryan Blaney from Amos and uh, Kyle Larson from Chris. Um, I don't like the pick, but I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. Not to say that he's not going to do it, but I just have a tough time picking Kyle Busch because every time I do, he burns me and... At the end of the day, it makes me sad. So, And then I think, you know, why did I pick that guy? I don't even like that guy. Uh, most laps led, Amos. So most total laps led. William Byron leads the most. Well, no, 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 no. No. Oh, he's, no. he's pulling out of the pick. No. Let's go with uh, Denny Hamlin leads the most laps and yeah, loses it yeah. at the end. So that's who I was thinking of. So I, I think a good pick. Chris, most laps led for this week. Well, I'm going to go a little bit different direction on this. I think the most laps led might be Chase Elliott. Well, that was my second pick, so now I have no idea who to pick. Uh, so my mindset was one of those two guys, and then something happens to them, and I laugh because <laughs> that's funny. Because <laughs> well, number one, I get yeah, a laugh something happens because to Chase Elliott wins. The whoa, whoa, whoa! Because uh, Denny Hamlin, you know, loses, and that's funny. Or. Elliot loses, and Amos walks out of the room. I'm done watching NASCAR. This is crap. He's always up front, and then he loses all the time. Um, obviously, I'm stalling for time because I'm not sure who to go with. So, uh, is it bad you to want go a with... weather report? Before no, you no. It's okay. Is it bad to go with the guy that I picked to win the race? Probably. Um, let's go with Kevin Harvick. Let's say no one really leads a lot of laps, and he finds himself towards the top for some reason. The only other time I picked him this year, it paid off for me. So, and that was last week. I'm not expecting a lot, though. Uh, Chris, weather report. Uh, so, Saturday is calling for a high of 55 and a 7% chance of storminess. Seven. Oh, no. Yeah. Friday, however, is a 24% chance of storminess, but the temperature's warmer at 62. So, we'll be having an Xfinity race on Saturday. Cup race on, or on, I mean, Xfinity race on Friday, Cup race on Saturday, and I think the truck race is on Thursday, and it's probably going to get rained out. They haven't, okay, truck race, yeah, okay. Uh, if you guys are interested in watching practice or qualifying. Yeah, it looks like it's raining. It's raining drops. right now? Yeah. Oh. On the radar. Well, that's not good. Uh, practice number one, well, uh, number one, the only quali- uh, practice session will be April 8th, which will be Friday for the Cup Series at 2.30. They'll qualify at 3.15. Oh, this is Mountain Times. So 4.30 Eastern and 5.15 Eastern on Friday night. Then the race will start 7.30 Eastern. Uh, Like we said, night race, so don't be looking for the race at like 3 and being like, what's going on? (laughs) Uh, We've already said it's on FS1. Uh, Anything else to add, Amos? Nope. Let's uh, hope the weather holds, at least for the race. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm looking forward to this weekend. It should be a good old NASCAR slugfest. All right. More th- any more thoughts on Martinsville, Chris? Nope. Okay. Uh, let's close out the show then with our closing thoughts. Amos, any last thoughts on today's show? Nope. Just uh, I hope them hacks just stay out of the... <laughs> Running order here. Let's let's see if we can get a freaking hacks. Somebody who's got a dominant car, leads some laps, has been good all day, sticks with it, and gets a race win. All right. Do you think that'll happen? Yes. Okay. Wow. So Elliot's gonna just dominate <laughs> domination. I hope so. That'd be Chris. Awesome. Final thoughts on today's show. I <clears throat> I'm really looking forward to Martinsville in the sense that I want to see if Toyota can put together two good weeks in a row. Well, I'm glad someone's looking forward to that because I certainly am not. Uh, all right, last thing before we get out of here from me. <laughs> Playoff update. Eric Amarillo sitting 16th. Dylan sitting 17th. So that's your cut line. Bush in 15th, Chris. Got to be nervous over there a little bit. Amarillo is free-falling down the standings. What's going on? It's just it's just how it is. It's okay. Kyle Bush is 15th? Yeah, Kyle Bush is only 15th. I guess he's either records or checkers, isn't he? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Um, and in good news for Bell, he shot up to twenty first. He was he was bottom feeder for 
wild there, but good string of races. He's back up. All right, uh, that's all we got, guys. So remember, race, 7.30 Eastern, Saturday night. Don't forget Saturday night on FS1. So, yay, can't wait. Um, we're going to get out of here then. We'll talk about it next week. Look forward to Bristol Dirt Track. And uh, if you're into it, pray for good weather for that weekend. And we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Electric Sports Talk. Join us in future episodes as we discuss all things U.S. soccer, collegiate sports, mixed martial arts, motorsports, the NFL, MLB, and the Olympics. If you enjoy our content, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, or shoot us an email to electricsportstalk at gmail.com. Be sure to rate and subscribe. Thanks for listening.